G'day and welcome to the Punting Monologue. I'm Sonny Munn. I'm with the ever successful, fortuitous. No, it's not fortune when you do the analytics. Anyway, I'm with him. I'm with Benny. How are you, Benny Clifton? You make your own luck in this game, don't you, Sonny? Well, yeah, evidently, because I don't have any and I've done no research. <laughs> so I'm assuming you do. Hey, straight into it. Last Saturday was another successful day for you. I mean, death taxes and Benny's best. We always know that's getting up. But you had a few first past the post. Yeah, all right, let's roll through it because I think it's good to review what we've done. In the first, we kicked off with Bo Rap and First Light. It's sort of, oh, Bo Rap was pretty short, you know, about the five buck mark in the end, but First Light was a big price. They, I think they ran fourth and fifth. They ran well, but um, they didn't quite get the chocolates for us. Race two, we had Reinberg, the best bet gate up. Race three, Ballot Reese, who's an old favourite of ours. Had every possible chance. It was really disappointing. I think we can put a line through it going forward. Done. Dead to me. Dead to me. <laughs> Race five, we had V8, uh, which won and hedged. Hedge was completely off the map. That was a good win by V8. I think it's going to be a horse, uh, going to be a three-year-old who's going to contend in the big races. So that was a good win. Then we got the uh, got the money with Benedetta in race seven, and we rounded it out with Mars Crusader each way, which was very disappointing. It's probably another horse we can uh, forget about as a betting proposition going forward. So overall, um, if you followed those tips, you should have returned a profit. So uh, we go to Moody Valley this week. Really good card. Weather's a little bit wet leading up. But I think it should race reasonably fair for Mooney Valley. Fair enough. And just on Masked Crusader there, mate, uh, I think we might be putting a line through it. I've got some whispers that retirement could be on the cards for that horse. Is that true? <laughs> have you done some Googling, have you? Oh, mate, just a few connections just around the traps. Don't <laughs> you worry about this bloke, hey? Comes in with research one week and then drops it. <laughs> hey, on that, quick question without notice. Not that I prepare you. Anytime for any of my questions. We touched on Oliver retiring after this carnival last week. J-Max injured, out for a month. There's no Tom Berry. Hugh Bowman, I think, is what, in Hong Kong. Is there currently a bit of a dearth of quality jockeys going into the spring racing carnival? Is this a weak field of jockeys or is it pretty par for the course? No, well, that, yeah, it's disappointing with J-Mac being injured because he's, he's the benchmark. He's clearly the best jockey in Australia. And what's he done? Something on his foot. Yeah, I think he broke his foot maybe. Mm. Did his back carry his wallet? Huey Bowman sort of comes and goes for the carnivals. but And as you mentioned, Ollie's going to retire. No, there, there's some really good jockeys. And I think in each state, there's some really top jockeys. I mean, uh, in Victoria at the moment, you've got Jamie Carr, Blake Shin, obviously wrote a lot of winners last season. Uh, Mark Zara's in good form. Damien Lane's a top-class jockey. So there's enough around. and There's a breed um, coming through. There's also one that you missed there that's very obvious. Carleen Heffel. There you go. The Heff. I will say she has impressed me over the winter months, but um, I think once oh, we get wow. into these... That is the familiar str- tone of reluctance out there, listeners. Uh, I guess <laughs> I think once we get into the me. spring, that she'll be uh, she'll be getting less rides during the spring. I think so. And once she loses her claim, then um, I think we can. I think she'll just sail off into the sunset. You'll be off her again. That's your tip. All right, sweet. Well, let's get into Mooney Valley, mate. And the first one is over fifteen hundred meters. Our favourite at the moment is Autumn Angel at about two forty, followed by the toppy Apulia. 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 Yeah. Apulia. Yeah. Yeah, let's call the whole thing off. That's at three ninety. Fists of Fury at four eighty, and nine bucks for Warlords. Double figures the rest in a fairly short field. Are we just going to have a look? Nah, no, nah, we're starting off with our best bet, so we've got to get the money oh. early here in Autumn Angel. Um, this is a really nice filly. I mean, 
Uh, it ran decent time uh, first up without absolutely smashing the clock, but I think it was more the style of the horse and the, and the fact it's going to be looking for uh, the 1,500 metres that it gets here. So I expect it to win. It was, you know, it sort of... It, it was on the rail. It got out at the right time. It just really put them away. There was good margins um, without being unbelievable time. So, um, Autumn Angel, um, and probably the other thing about this field is that I think there's a bit of a few weakness in the market. This Apulia that you were mentioning earlier, that, you know, it ran yeah. absolutely no time at Cranbourne last start. Probably the saving grace for it that it does have a second to V8 last preparation, but. If I'm just going off that win last start, I couldn't possibly back it. So I think we kick off with Autumn Angel. It'll settle just in behind the lead and um, up to 1,500 metres. It would be strong through the line, be hard to beat. What a great start to the card. I love it. It's only just ticked over noon and we're already getting the chocolates. Let's go to the mile now, over 1,600 in race two. Place of Gold is your provisional favourite at 5.50, followed just on the outside of that, the Creator at 6.50. Then at 7.50, Falcon of Malta. The Maltese Falcon itself. And then at eight bucks, we've got Sokanon with the aforementioned D. Oliver on board. Yeah, and I have liked betting into these um, $80,000 benchmark 70s that they've added to the card um, in the last few weeks. But just with this one, I couldn't really find um, anything to back. I mean, Place of Gold is the is the favourite, $6 the field. It ran second to Reinberg last start, who obviously came out and won again last week. So there's enough there in the form to suggest it's going to run well. It's got blinkers on first time. The creator gets uh, races on speed should be a peak fitness for this race, but uh, there was just nothing there for me. In these races, I like to look for horses who are um, dropping in grade and have performed at a, at a sort of higher level, and so none of them really fit the bill. So, yeah, I think we'll sit this one out. No dramas at all. We've already kicked off with your best, so no rush on race two. Let's go to the third now. Bit of distance on this one. Flick that kettle on over 2040. We've got... Magna Spin at three bucks is your favourite at the moment. Superstock at five fifty. Ulutuqua. Hmm. Fairly certain I mispronounced that. That's also in single figures, but the rest are in double, and it's a massive field. Is this too hard, basket? Nah, we're betting here, and this is a horse oh. who I didn't like last start. Magna Spin. I thought it went up to the twenty five hundred metres too quickly last start, and it was a drifter in betting. Ran pretty well, but got tired late. I mean, the dropping distance generally wouldn't be ideal, but I think it is. It is dropping to its best distance, and you know you saw last uh, two starts back at this track and distance that it won really well. And I just think it's going to lead here, dropping well in weighing grade, and you know back as I mentioned in the previous race, back to an eighty thousand dollar benchmark seventy after having raced in you know, a benchmark seventy eight and three year old handicaps before. Then it's a significant drop in grade, and it's going to be up on speed with Blake Shin. So I think it'll be awfully hard to beat, and it has tightened up in the early markets. So I can't expect, uh, I wouldn't expect the market to, to take a set against it. So of the rest, Superstock came out of a race that they went really hard in, but uh, they went really hard in. They had to run good overall time, which they did. But you know, you go two starts back, and Magnus Spin's got uh, a pretty significant SP um, over Superstock. So. Uh, happy to go with Magnus Spin, and I think up on speed, it'll be hard to beat with uh, Blake Shin on board. Tell you what, I assume that was all really on point because I understood about a fifth of what you just said about <laughs> Magnus Spin. Absolute racing parlance gobbledygook. We might have to sit down for a separate pod one day where you can actually teach me some of these terms so that I don't just grunt my way through the numbers. What do you? What's one that? What's one that um, is jumping out there? Mate, I'm not joking. All of that just gave me a mini migraine. I was like, what is he talking about? I know Magnus spins a big chance of winning, but I have no idea. I assume it means he's going to be faster than the rest. 
All right, let me do my job or I just mumble the numbers. Race four over 1,200. Oh, those numbers. Your favourite is number five, recommendation. Pretty short at a buck seventy. Then it's Savannah Cloud at 480. Corner pocket for the snooker players at 750. And I might as well run through the whole field because there's bugger all in it. Gemma's son at nines. Buoyancy, see what they did there with the spelling at 12. And Stageman at 13 bucks, mate. What do we like that's not each way, obviously? Yeah, we're not betting here, but like recommendations, the, probably the winner. But I think the market's found it short enough. I mean, it did open up about two dollars thirty, but it was quickly smashed into a dollar seventy. So there's nothing there, no meat on the bone there, as they say. So uh, I know that one. Run. I know that one. I understood that one. Yeah. It drops in weight. Obviously, has to go up in grade to get that weight drop. But it was unlucky last start, and with that run under its belt, no no weight on its back against a, a field of horses who've got a lot of question marks over them. I mean, Savannah Cloud won last up, but that was in awful time. And Corner Pocket's the best horse in the race, but you know, off a break, is it going any good? Who knows? But uh, yeah, recommendation. It looks really well set up here, but happy to not ba- happy to not back it. Tell you what, Savannah Cloud sounds like a sort of like a straight-to-DVD movie, like a romance that never made it. Was that Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves' vehicle? <laughs> Savannah Cloud, coming soon to a TV near you. <laughs> Race five over 1,200. Stepati is at 260. Brave Mead at 350. Five bucks for introducing. And Amur is at $7 and coming in. Yeah, this is a good race. Uh, I mean, this is three-year-olds who've got aspirations for better races than this. So I'll go through. I'll just go through from the top. Amur, Amur I'm not a big fan of. I was a big drifter in Benny. It ran okay first up, but... I think it has its limitations. Brave Mead's the horse I want to be with. This is a horse who won really well at Mooney Valley, two starts back. Um, sort of, it was probably gifted to it on that occasion, but um, they went out slow. But it has ran time previously at Packingham. So I think the key to this horse is it did start $8 in a group one up in Sydney before a break. So uh, the market obviously has it pegged as a good horse and it's had two trials to prepare for this. Mark Zara on board, I think it's the one to back. So I'm with Brave Mead. Stepati's a horse who's a bit untapped at... Sort of hasn't done a heap on the clock, and the form behind it's been uh, a little bit of a query. But it's hard to be too critical of it uh, on what it's done. But if the fact the fact it hasn't run time, I'm happy to be against it. So, uh, and I think the market will take a set against it late. So, happy to be against it. Centrify won well at Mooney Valley last start. Nothing on the clock, and I just think it was set up for it on that occasion. It was eighteen dollars, and introducing was a horse I went looking for, but I thought it was an ordinary effort last start in the San Domenico up in Sydney. I think. It had the run of the racing behind the leader and, and just plotted, so I can't see how it's going to find any uh, lengths on that performance. So, yeah, I think Brave Mead's a horse who can kick off its campaign in good style and be in for a really good campaign. Tell you what, you've come out hard, mate. Three of the first five races, fantastic yeah, stuff. It does get a little bit quiet in the back end, I will tell you. I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you that for free. Okay. We're going top-heavy this Saturday, folks. So just... When you set out Saturday morning, have a think about what you're actually prepared to lose and set yourself that deposit limit because we're going pretty hard pretty early. So race six, I don't know if we're in this one as well. Charmstone, the toppy, is at 3.20. Inhibitions is at $6. Just outside that is Pride of Sullivan at 6.50. Seven for Molly Nickers. Eight, Right to Party. And 10 for Oz Empress. This looks like a very difficult betting race for a mug like myself. It is. It's it's a really good quality race. I think whoever wins this race is um, going to be win better races than this, and I think it will be a race that we can follow form wise. And so the favourites, Charmstone. This is a horse who I, I wasn't a huge fan of, uh, but it finally put a decent figure down last start in the Quisette 
it was solid enough late in the betting. It was a nice win, but you have a look at this setup. It maps pretty poorly. I think they're going to have to go back from barrier nines, carrying the penalty, and uh, I couldn't possibly dive in at $3.20, so I'm against it. Inhibitions is a horse who won really well at the Valley last start. This is a harder race, but uh, had a really good SP. Time wasn't great. Maps well again. It can probably win, but I'm not with it. Molly Nickers is a horse who we've backed previously, and uh, this is a horse who I think... I think it'll be a star of, of the spring, um, probably over a bit more ground, but drawn barrier 10 here. First up, I think they'll drop it out the back. It'll run on, but I don't think it'll trouble the winners. And right to party is a nice filly, but the filly we're backing is down the bottom, Pride of Sullivan. I thought it was really good last start at the Valley, over 1,000 metres. I think they'll kick up from barrier four and try to lead. I hope they do. I think that's the best way, their best chance of winning. And it's coming out of two good form races, uh, from both runs in its career. So you can have a look at the current price. There are some bookmakers trying to push it out a little bit, so I'd probably suggest that there won't be uh, any early market support for it. So happy to wait until the jump, get a better price, and I think you'll get a good run for your money with Pride of Sullivan. Absolutely flying here. Four out of six, mate. That's nearly 66% in the old money. There I go with those numbers again. Let's go to race seven over 2040 yet again. Woo! Kettle's getting a workout. Number seven, Berkeley Square is at 390. That's taking out favoritism. Just shading future history at 460. 650 for Jimmy the Bear. And it's a swath or swathe, depending on which side of the track you're from, in double figures. Pretty tight field after that. We haven't got any more bets left for the rest of the carbs. So I'll just go through these you races pretty quickly. <laughs> okay, yeah, we forgot about the Oman. The favourite Berkeley Square is obviously... It's ran all right uh, in two runs back. It's getting to its right distance range where it ran a good figure in the Amy Vars. So can understand why it's favourite, but you know, I wouldn't be diving in at that price. Future history looks like it's on the drift. But yeah, I mean, this is a reasonable quality race. It's with horses all at different stages of their preparation. But yeah, I don't know. I couldn't decipher it. And I, you know, I, I wanted to be with the favourite, but I couldn't be. So yeah, I think we move on. Even um, There's uh, better races than this on the card. Speaking of better races, the sprint now. Hold on to those hats. Race eight over a thousand. I think this could be your classic popcorn race from the sounds of things. Our favourite is Giga <laughs> Kick. Even I know that one, and it's just gone under two bucks. It's about a buck ninety. I don't know what it's going to jump at. You'll be able to tell me. Four twenty is the next best. Imperatriz. Hmm. And then it's Rothfire at six. Double figures the rest. Yeah, it's small field and. Oh, so it'll be a tactical race. There's a lot of speed in the race because you've got Ackerman Chula going forward. Zoo Style likes to go forward. Uh, Rothfire will be up there. I think Giga Kick will take a sit. I don't think Imperatrice will have the early speed to to go with them. So I think they'll be in behind the clump of leaders. And obviously Giga Kick's a superstar. Hasn't done much wrong in his campaign uh, in his career. He's sort of he's the benchmark sprinter at the moment. He, he might find it hard to keep up with them early on, given how quick they're going to go, but I think he'll be really strong late. He's probably the winner. If you're looking at what price to take at the moment about it, it's dollar ninety. Uh, there's probably no signs at the moment in the market that suggests it's going to start any shorter, so I'll just wait to see what the market does with it, but it's the one to beat, obviously. Rothfire's got some form at the track, 1,000 metres first up suit, so um, it'll be thereabouts. I'd be completely against Imperatrice. If you're looking to back this horse, it just doesn't have any 1,000-metre form. Obviously, a nice mare who's won some Group 1 races, but she may not be able to keep up early, and they might run her off her feet. Um, she's got targets further later on down the spring. So, yeah, that's about the race in a nutshell. If you want to back Giga Kick, I'd probably wait and see what the market does with it. Fair enough. Hey, a bit of pub chat on Giga Kick. Is 
this horse the best in the land? Is it the best sprinter in the country? It's <sighs> and who would be in contention? I wish I win. What else is up there? I have no idea. Yeah, well, I wish I win. There's a bit of a change in the guard in the sprinting ranks at the moment. I mean, Nature Strip's been retired last week. Mars yeah. Crusader was one of the top ones. He looks like he'll be retired. I've got a, I've got the inside info, mate. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. The newsbreaker. <laughs> Breaking news over here. But uh, there's no doubt Giga Kick is the benchmark because he does it every start. I wish I win's a bit of an X-factor horse who can really put in a huge run. It all probably boils down to the Everest in Sydney that that's the grand final. That's the sort of, uh, that'll be the defining moment. And Giga Kick won it last year, but I wish I win one the TJ Smith this year. So I think that'll I think that'll decide who's the better horse. But yeah, there's not much between them. And they probably are the best two horses over um, in Australia at the moment. So just quickly again on that. So the focus now would be all for the Everest. So we won't be seeing Giga Kick in Melbourne again after this Saturday, you think. If that's the case, is that a detraction to Melbourne racing in spring? Like to lose big names like that? Um, yeah, there's there's a bit of a war going on at the moment between the two states and Sydney oh, really? putting on. Is Valandis involved? He's always involved. It used to, yeah, it used to be defined. There was sort of a you know it went from Sydney to Melbourne. Um, Sydney sort of had their time in the sun, then Melbourne did. But now the the lines are a little bit more blurred, and the the carnivals sort of cross over a little bit. So there is competition for those top horses, but you just can't compete with the prize money for the Everest and all the top sprinters um, target it. So, um, but he might Giga Kick might come back and run over the Flemington Carnival. So that that might be an opportunity to see him. Fair enough. Cash is king. It's all about the prize money. That's why I got into podcasting, Benny, for that sweet, sweet cash. Cheers. Let's go to race nine now over the mile. And my Oman kicks us off. Globe at 3.20. It's winning, guys. It's winning. Just have a think and make sure it's really a bet you want to place. But Globe is getting up this Saturday. Tuvalu is at five bucks. Attrition at 7.50. Pinstriped at eight. Double figures the rest. Fairly sizable field again, which makes my selection all the more impressive. Well, tell us about your own one before can it I win? do. The... Oh, can it? Of course, it can win. Yeah, great. Well, it's a pretty, it's a pretty nerdy one to be honest with you. Uh, I got my daughter a little inflatable globe, try and show her where her various family members are around the world, teach her a few things about the planet, and it's now kind of creepy because she insists on sleeping with it. So, like you know, she'll crawl into bed with a massive globe. I was like, okay, nerd, could you not? Bring your Sharon in or something. You're killing me. So, yeah, I woke up with a globe stuck to my face and I saw this and went, you know what? It's winning. Get on it. She's got the world at her feet, you reckon? That's it. The whole world in her hands. (laughs) She didn't appreciate that sort of candor at 6.30 in the morning, but it's the best I could come up with. Um, No, we talked, like, obviously I've already said we've tapped out by this stage, but this globe is, you know, is... Oh, you're on me. You're on it. You're well, on the home just, the, You'll be OT. This is a horse who's who's got the ability to, to become a star. They've gone with Jamie Carr here first up. I have heard rumours that they're going to ride it a little bit quieter because it normally leads. I wouldn't suggest they should do that because I think... I haven't heard anything, mate, so I, I reckon <laughs> I would have heard first. I do think... I think, you know, this is a horse who over, can over-race in front, so a jockey like Jamie Carr with her soft hands could get even more out of it and... I think this is the this is the this is the test for it and a fork in the road, but I think it'll stand up and be uh, be awfully hard to beat. So uh, I'll be interested to see what it does on Saturday. I won't be backing it, but uh, it's definitely a horse who's who's done some good, uh, ran some good times, done some good figures. It's got the profile of a horse who could really explode this spring. So um, yeah, if, if you want to back it, I wouldn't deter you. Good. That's what I like to hear. Just remember out there, you do win some and you lose more. So don't go chasing this Saturday because it's a pretty top-heavy card. 
The last race is race 10. Hennessy Lad is your favourite at 3.10. And then it kind of starts drifting. First Immortal at 7.50, as is Russian Roni. And then it's 9 bucks for Real Sensation and 9.50 for She's Fit. Mate, Hennessy Lad. Yeah. Too short or? Yeah, it just, you know, obviously it's one of our horses. Um, it just, the time, it didn't run any time last start when it won at Mooney Valley. It just, it feels like that was the win for the campaign and, you know, we can forget about it now. And, you know, it's drawn Barry 11. It's going to, probably going to be in a tricky spot. $3.10 is very short. I couldn't imagine, yeah, I couldn't imagine it starting any shorter than that. There's been some money for Russian Roni in the early markets. It's obviously going to try and lead. First Immortal is probably a weakness in the market as well. But, yeah, I couldn't back Hennessy Lad. I mean, I have been a fan of the horse, but we got the money last start. But I just the the ratings and the and the style of the win just left me a little bit cold. So I think we can move on from in this campaign. I know if if some butts are pretty ludicrous, you know, if my auntie stood at a urinal, she'd be my uncle. But is <laughs> Mooney Valley a huge contributing factor? Like, is it a death trap sometimes, or you just think if this was racing somewhere else in this field? you'd be more inclined to get on Hennessy Ladder? Is that just you can't compare horses and courses? Yeah, no, you, you can. And, you know, Mooney Valley is a, is a course that I do try to stick to horses who've done the figures at that track. So, But I just think, I think it was the right race last start. I don't think this is the right race. And up in grade off a, up in grade off a win that didn't rate that well, it's not really a recipe for success. So happy to look elsewhere and actually leave this one alone because I think the bets we've had early in the card are, are quite strong. Well, speaking of recipes for success, let's have a look at the card if we can, see if we can't dine out on a few of your selections. Race one, we're getting the money early with Autumn Angel. It's Benny's best. He's already told us. Right Righto, tools down. See you later. Race two, shouldering arms because nothing fits the bill. Nothing's ticking the boxes. Race three, you didn't like its last start, but... You're back on board, Magnuspin. You also dropped a hell of a lot of Swahili gobbledygook as to why, but don't need to know why as long as it wins. Race four, recommendation is probably the winner, but there's no meat on the bone there. Yes, even I know what that means, kind of. Race five is a good race for the aspirational three-year-olds. The most aspirational, Brave Mead. You're on that. Race six is another quality race. The favourite maps poorly whatever that means. Normally losing inhibitions on a Saturday is something I'm pretty used to, so we're off that. And the filly we're on is Pride of Sullivan. Race seven, we are loosening the reins for the rest of the card. So have a knees up and enjoy it. It's another reasonably quality race, this one, but there's no bet. Race eight, Giga Kick is a superstar. Probably the best in the country. You heard it here first from the bloke who breaks news on the punting monologue. But it might struggle with the early pace and we're not into it at that price. The other thing you might suggest is Lang, Imperatrice. Race nine, the real big one, the Oman, the Globe. Get on it. Benny knows it could be a star. And I now know Jamie Carr has soft hands. Lovely. Race 10, we can forget about Hennessy Ladd, especially at that price. That's all she wrote in another jam-packed day of racing this Saturday. Your best is obviously race one. You're pretty confident on Autumn Angel. Yeah, yeah. I think it was a pretty good summary. Um, Autumn Angel, I just think it's racing against some really limited horses. This is a horse who... Uh, all progress through the classes, I think, and looks really, really hard to beat. We get the money early, then we can spend it on our other bets and hopefully go home a winner. That's the key. Once again, just have a think about what gambling is really costing you and set yourself that deposit limit. It's a hell of a lot more fun when you do. All right, Benjamin, best of luck this Saturday, punters, and to you, Benny, and I will speak to you same bat time, same bat channel. Thanks to Mint Sports. Yeah, thanks, Sonny. Good luck, punters. Have a good weekend and go Dees. Ooh, controversial. <laughs>